Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. One of the reasons why today is a big day is because it's Vision Sunday. If you're new to Bright Church and Vision Sunday, one of the things that we do is that we talk about where we really believe God is leading us over the next 12 months. And just so you know how this happened, it's not a, a, a group of us sitting around saying, what do you think? You know, it's actually a lot of this stuff is just birthed in prayer and then God speaks. And so, you know, for me in October this year, I was just re- really praying and I was seeking God and saying, hey, what's the next season of, of church going to look like? I had to ask Jesus because, uh, you know, guys, only he knows what the next season could look like. It's our best guess, you know, who, who knows? Who knows? Last couple of years, we, we really didn't know what was about to happen. But I'll tell you one person that was not surprised was God. He was never shocked at any point in, of the journey in the last couple of years, and he knew. So I thought, hey, just go to the source, right? So, so I went to him and I, I prayed. I said, hey, God, what does the next season of church look like for us? And, and, uh, and really, what's, what's, what's the theme? What's the word? Where, where, where are you leading us? Where are you guiding us? You know, what's the journey for, for Bright Church? And so today what I want to do is to teach a principle to you that is a well-known pr- principle. And this is an extremely powerful principle. And the reason that it's powerful is because of how God partners with it. So when we have a principle that God partners with, there is a, to a certain degree an expectation of what we can receive. Does that make sense? Okay, I can hear you're very quiet. So let me just take an opportunity at this moment to say to you, you have enjoyed the last 18 months sitting on the couch and watching. And I know, guys, I know the worship leaders who were doing an amazing job and they said to you week after week while you were sitting down in your lounge room, come on, everybody, let's stand. And you, the little rebellion in your heart, you said, I don't have to do that. I can worship from the couch just where I am, thanks. You know, we know. Hey, we know. But guess what? You're back at church. And so since you're here, you might as well be a little bit vocal about it. And, and I, I tell you, the other thing is, right, I have preached to an empty room like it was full. So now you're in back pay. You owe me, all right? So, so, so now what are, you're going to make up for the last 18 months, right? Because I've, I've been speaking like everyone was here and it was all happening. Guess what? It wasn't. I just believe in by faith it happened in your lounge room, okay? But now you're here and now there's going to be a little bit, of, a little bit of this back the other way. I've been doing a lot of this. There's going to be a little bit more of this. You, you get me? All right, well, hey, we're going to get there. I kind of feel it. So that's good, all right? Let me tell you something about God. The God that we serve is not far and He's not distant. Okay, he's not far. He's not distant. He's closer than hands and feet. And best of all, he interacts with humanity. Like I know that sometimes people might miss that about him. He's not a God that created the earth and then stepped back from it and said, let's just watch and see what happens over the next couple of thousand years or however old the earth is, which I'm not going to even talk about. But he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't create the earth and then step back from it and say, let's just watch what happens. No, he interacts with people. He responds to the decisions that we make. And I feel like too often what happens is that God is primarily held accountable for some of the bad stuff that happens in life. You know, like he's, he's a good God and he wants to pour out good things in our lives. And have you ever noticed that when everything's going right in a person's life, they can just kind of absorb it? 
But the moment that it starts to go wrong and they say, where are you, God? You know, and he's like, I am where I have always been. And he's always, you know, with, with God, there's no shadow, there's no variation. That's what the Scriptures say about him. What that means is, it's that he's not one person one minute and he completely changes the next. I think that's important. I'll tell you why. Because to me, it just doesn't make sense that we should hold God accountable for all of the bad stuff that happens in our life. Come on, let's look back at the Scriptures and see what makes sense. He created people. He loved people and He saw that they were drowning in sin. So what did He do? What does the Scripture say? That for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and whoever would believe in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So it doesn't really make sense to me that He would get us to a stage where He loves us, would sacrifice His Son for us, give us, and, and maybe a little bit theological, but give us His righteousness in that sense, and gets us into this really good state and then says, yeah, right now I'm going to pour all this negative stuff on you. And now it's just, guys, it's been good up to this point, but honestly, now I'm just going to do a total shift. 180 degrees, now it's all bad. You're all going to receive that. Right? He doesn't do that. There's no shadow. There's no variation. What should we come to expect from the God that we serve, but that everything that He does for us is good? So sometimes what happens in our lives, we, we experience seasons of difficulty, maybe just negative or bad things that happen in our life. And sometimes we're sort of searching for answers. And I think really, really bad Christian culture would say God's punishing you for some sin that you did. But theologically, that's just not true. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross for your sin. So your sin is already paid for. So it leads you to the conclusion, well, geez, if I'm experiencing some of this stuff, what's going on? And I want to tell you this morning that often it's not about your sin. It's about your seed. It's about your seed. It's about the seed that you're sowing. How many of you would understand that if you sow something in one season, that there is a coming season later on where you will reap a harvest from that? Whatever you sowed back here, you're going to reap. This is the principle of sowing and reaping. It's one of my favorite principles. And you know why I love it? Because, you know, I'm pretty simple and it's pretty simple and I just feel like I can understand it. And not, you know, more than that, I feel like what I can do is I can apply it to my life. And since it's a principle, I can create a certain expectation about what I will receive back. Why? Because I know how it works every time. It's a principle. Got me? So what I want to do today is read to you out of Luke chapter 6. And, uh, and come with me now because we're going to unpack what this really means. Luke chapter 6 verse 37 says, Judge not. It's a great way to start 2022, right? <laughs> Judge not. The word in the Greek there is krino, which means to evaluate. Judging isn't always necessarily a negative thing. It can be negative. But oftentimes judgment is us doing what? Evaluating a situation or a person maybe. But he says, judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Now, in this part of the scripture, we see something that we call the divine passive. It's indicative of the scripture that we're reading, which is actually just the words of Jesus. And since it's the words of Jesus, you know, you can go to the bank on this, right? Yeah. So what we understand is 
if we read that back, is that if you do something, since God interacts with humanity and He's not far off, He's going to interact with what you do. So what did He say? Judge not, and you won't be judged. But who's the second person doing the judging? It's God. Judge not, and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you won't be condemned. Now, it should be noted when I talk about this that we're not talking about final judgment. Because if that were true, that would just mean that the gospel is null and void and we don't even need Jesus to die on the cross. As long as we don't judge other people, we're just going to get in scot-free. I've got to tell you, it doesn't really work like that. So what is he really talking about? Well, it can't be the life that comes after this. So it must be in the here and now, which means it's a present reality. And I always like principles that present a present reality because I know I'm going to encounter it. I'm going to imbibe of it. It's going to be in my life. So what does he say? Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Okay, he says, forgive, and you will be forgiven. Well, that's good, right? Yikes. Yeah, it's good. Give, and it will be given to you. Who's doing the giving? God. Who's doing the forgiving? It's a response to our forgiveness. His giving is a response to our giving. And, and I want you again to see the divine passive here. It's important to see. Now look at what happens next. Look at the measure. It says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. The word running over there, it means overflow. Something's overflowing. It's overflow. Running over will be put into your lap for the, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you, except have you ever noticed that when God measures anything back to anyone, it seems to be multiplied. It doesn't come back to you in the amount that you sent it out. It seems to be multiplied. So let me unpack this because this would have made sense to first century people. But when people would go to the marketplace, they'd wear like a big you know, cloak or whatever they've got. And sometimes, whether it was a sack that they had separately or stitched into their clothing, there was a, there was a sack where they would fill up with grain. And so they'd go into the marketplace and, and, they, and they'd fill it up with grain. And as they're pouring it out, it looks kind of full. But you know, you don't want to make that trip twice. You know, just, let's just do it once. So, so what happens, right? Well, they, they press it down. And then they go, there's a little more room in here. Shake it, right? And what starts to happen is that it fills all the gaps that are in there. It's sort of a picture of how God wants to pour out into our lives, right? But, but they give it a little shake and it starts to, to settle. Have you ever tried to empty cereal into a container to be left with an annoying amount of about this much? And you think the whole point was to get rid of the box. Now I've got to put the box and the container back into it. So what do you do? You give it a little shake, right? No, it's just me that does this. Okay, all right. Hey, do yourself a favor. Go buy a box of Cheerios, okay, because it's good to practice with. Rice bubbles, something like that. And you give it a little shake. Tap it a few times. What happens? Starts to settle, right? It settles. You've got a little bit more room. You can pour in the rest and check out, chuck out the box, right? So this is what they would do. But then in this story, what happens, right? The, whoever's doing the giving in this story, they continue to pour and the pouring of the grain goes into what? overflow. And that's why he says poured out into your lap because they would use their cloak to catch the overflow because there's no point wasting the seed and let, or the grain and letting it go on the ground. It was all about overflow. The theme for 2022 is overflow. 
Now, overflow, thank you, Mum, for being excited about that. <laughs> overflow is a principle. And I love principles. Why? Because they can be experienced. They can be repeated. You can have some expectation about what you're going to receive back because it works again and again. It can be practiced. We can practice principles. And since this is Jesus's word, you can just try it and watch it work in your life. Now, overflow really as a, as a principle, right? Overflow is neutral. It's not good or bad. It can work either way. I mean, that's what we just read, right? So judge not, you won't be judged. Condemn not, you won't be condemned, right? Or forgive and you get forgiven, right? Give and it'll be given to you. So you see, it works both ways, okay? So I, I can see people where their lives are full of good things and they just seem to be overflowing. Or even maybe the presence of God is just overflowing in their lives. And then I've met other people and they are overflowing, but with lack. They are overflowing with poverty. They are overflowing with a, maybe a lack of connection with God, a lack of relationship. Overflow can, can be many different things, you know? So here's the question. How do you get the right overflow in your life? Well, that's all about the seed. Yeah. It's all about the seed. And this principle of sowing and reaping, it's so obvious and it's so simple. And you think, yeah, yeah, of course, right? What's astonishing to me is how many people are sowing things in their present that they're going to hate harvesting later on. And as simple as it is to unpack and understand, it's not till you really approach this with a little bit of wisdom. I, I, I know what I'm going to sow here because I know what I want to reap over there. You know, we don't always reap the things that we want. We shouldn't be surprised, but sometimes we are. I'm going to ask you a question, and I really hope I'm not the only one that has ever done this, right? But have you ever had a snack accident? Have you ever had a snack accident? You know, you know what a snack accident is, right? <laughs> you know, right? A snack accident is when you grabbed a box of something and you said, I'm just going to have a few. And then 15 minutes later, you've actually finished the box. That was a snack accident. You didn't intend on eating the whole box and it was all there. You know, I had a snack accident yesterday. We, Sarah and I went out to this new burger place and I ordered the small meal. Why? Because I didn't want to have heaps of chips, right? I'm trying to sort of keep it a little bit healthy. And it came out, it was huge. Like, honestly, it was a massive amount of chips. And I looked at Sarah, I'm like, well, this is too many. So I'm chatting away. I'm chatting away, right? 10 minutes later, it's all gone. <laughs> like every single chip on that plate was gone. I didn't intend, what happened? It was just an accident, right? Now don't look at me with your judgment. Judge not and you will not be judged. Okay, don't look at me with your judging eyes. Everybody in this room has had a snack accident. You ate something, you, you, you cleared the whole box. You didn't mean to do it. It just happened. It just happened, right? Now, one snack accident is okay. But how many of us know that when we continue to repeat the snack accident, right? Now it's become a lifestyle. And one day you will walk past the mirror and you will catch something in the mirror that you don't want, which is overflow. How did this happen? No one says that. 
We all know how it happened, right? Because you can't sew donuts and reap a six pack. Everybody knows this. Everyone knows this. We aren't surprised when we go, look at this, how did this happen? You know exactly how it happened, right? It's the principle of sowing and reaping. What's astonishing is how we can be sowing in our present and suddenly go, I don't, how did this future happen? How does this become my present reality? We just haven't applied this basic spiritual principle. The right seed gives you the right overflow. It's just a principle. So let me talk about what seed can be, because seed could be anything, right? So seed could be your diet, because it's what you do. Seed could be going to the gym. Seed could be going for a run, because that's what you do, right? So if I keep doing that and I keep sowing those things, what do I reap in my future? Health. I'm going to reap health. What if it was finances? If I keep sowing financially really badly and I keep making bad investments and I keep, you know, getting rid of my money and not working within my means and overspending and Black Friday sales, just thought I'd mention it this weekend, you're welcome. And if I keep doing that and then in the future I have a bad financial position, right? how did this happen? It's not a surprise, is it? No, it's not a surprise. Of course it's not a surprise, right? You know it's not a surprise because what was happening? You were sowing seeds in your past, right? And in the present, you're reaping something that you don't really want to reap. Now, if you look closely, you will see that Jesus is really strong on this. And he says, there are some really wrong seeds that you can be sowing. Let me just give you an example of a really bad seed to sow. Bad seed to sow would be gossip. That'd be a really, really bad seed. Let me give you like a little bit of wisdom, right? Firstly, God hates it, absolutely hates it. He responds to it so strongly, okay? And so no one, no one could think that if you sow gossip, you're going to reap something great. You know, no one would think that. It's amazing how many people do it though, isn't it? Sowing bad seeds, What do you expect to reap from God? Sowing bad seed could be like judging people, but not actually having the full story, right? You just judge them or or, or condemning people. You, I know your motivation. You did this. I I don't know anybody that says I condemn you, but anyway, that's the sentiment, isn't it? I condemn you. Maybe I'll say that one time. I condemn you, right? It's pretty strong, right? When you start doing condemning, right? What's the divine response? Oh, that's not good. And we've got to see that there is some interaction between heaven and earth. There's some interaction between God and us. He responds to what we do. Listen, you can't sow lemon seeds and reap from apple trees. You just end up with lemons. And, and again, there are many people that end up with lemons and saying, how did this happen? If it's a surprise to you, maybe we'll sit down and have a coffee and, and have a chat. Okay, in about half an hour, we'll find out, you know what? You were sowing lemon seeds. And now it's coming up in your life. So you, you, you hear everything I'm saying. You guys are with me so far, right? But then there is this element of, well, so what? <laughs> this isn't spiritual. Anybody can apply this. You go into any accounting firm and they'll tell you exactly, they understand the principle of sowing and reaping. Ah, yes, that's true. 
But did you actually read the scripture that we read today? Did you see the divine passive? Did you see the disproportionate amount that comes back in response from God? And that's what makes it spiritual. Because you don't get back what you give. What do you get back? Or you get back a, a multiplied response from God. And that's what makes it spiritual. So it's, you know, it's October this year and I'm praying to God. I said, God, what do you want to do in the next season of church? And, and where, where are we going? What are we doing? Right. Pray to Him around about that time every year, just asking for insight for the next season, right? And something kept on repeating itself in the Bible. <laughs> One of the things that I notice about God is that He loves to pour. He loves to pour. You read the New Testament, right? And one of the things that you see is that he's always pouring stuff out. Like when it gets from there to here, he poured it. He poured out the Holy Spirit. In fact, I did a little bit of a word study on this. And here are some of the words that we see consistently come from heaven to earth, lavishly, richly, running over, poured out, poured over. But here's the truth about all of that. When God does any of those things, have you ever noticed He's a little bit heavy-handed? Yeah, right? He is. He is. He's a little bit heavy-handed in His response. So the thing that you need to get about all of this is that the measure you use is divinely multiplied. The measure you use is divinely multiplied. Have you ever, if you're a parent, even if you're not a parent, you'll probably understand this. It's not hard to understand. But if you are a parent, have you ever decided out of the goodness of your heart that you're going to buy your kids like a packet of lollies, something like that? And then, right, once they've, they've got them, you just want to know if all of the spiritual stuff that you've been pouring out into their life you just want to know if any of it has actually stuck. Like, like, mate, I've been, I've been working on this for like years now. And you just want to know, right, is any of this really sticking? So you say, mate, could I have one of those? Right? You don't even want it. You just want to know if they've learned how to be generous. Right? So you ask them for it. You don't even want it. You throw it away. It doesn't matter. Right? But you just, you just want to know, do they have the capacity to, to give back to you? Right? And you ask them that question, mate, could I have one of those? And they will look at you like you just asked them to cut their arm off. Are you serious, Dad? I've only got 15 of these. I couldn't do that. There have been points in my life where I've, I've tested my kids out. When, when, when Judah, my oldest, was very young, he used to eat a lot of cruskets. Love cruskets. If you haven't had one, go and get one after this. Do yourself a favor. Fantastic. So I, anyway, I remember sitting with a box of cruskets in front of him. I opened the packet. I give him a cruskit right? And he's got it in his hand and he's eating it. Now I just want to test if he's learned how to be generous. Has any of the generosity that I've constantly displayed, has any of this rubbed off on you? Please, for the love of God, let something of what I do make an impact in you. So anyway, I say, mate, could I have a bite of that, right? And they look at you like, oh. <laughs> and you think, are you kidding me right now? Because if you had any wisdom, you would see that I've got 20 more cruskets in my hand, right? You have one, I have 20. Now, if you're generous to me, what will I do? Yeah. I will be generous back to you. But there is a difference between you and me, young man. 
because you have one cruscuit, but I have 20. So one of the things that I understand about generosity is that generosity is always a percentage. But some, So you and I can be equally generous, but we have different capacity. And capacity is very different. So Judah could be generous, but I have more capacity to be generous back to him. Why? I have so much more. And this is what I think some people miss about God. They don't understand His increased capacity. When the people in the New Testament, the, like the Apostle Paul and, and the disciples, even though they went through hard times, Paul says, I've learned how to, the secret of having a lot and having very little, right? He, he, he still understood that God was a God of li- unlimited capacity. Listen to what he says in Ephesians 3.20. He says, Now to him who's able to do abundantly above or abundantly, uh, more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. God's capacity for abundance is more than I can ever experience. It is. Like God could be generous and I can be generous, right? But how many of you know that if, if I'm generous, I might be able to help a few people, but when God is generous, He can help out entire nations. So we're both being generous. He just has an increased capacity to actually be generous. And it's something that we need to understand. So like this year has been a really interesting year. I, I actually stood here a couple of months ago telling a story about Sarah and I trying to, we wanted to sell our house and to buy another house. And we were going for this house and we, you know what, we, we missed out on it. And I remember saying to the kids at the time, guys, listen. We, we, we didn't get the house. And they, they'd already worked out the floor plan and named their bedrooms, okay? So, so they, they, they were set on it. But I said, guys, it doesn't matter. We didn't get the house, but you know what? God is so good. If we didn't get this, it's probably because He's got something better for us. And I'm just going to choose to believe that, right? So, so, you know, He is our provider. He's our provider. And they, you know what? I'm, what am I doing with my kids? I'm sowing seeds because later on that'll produce a harvest of, of healthy spirituality in their life, right? So we don't always get what we want, but we get what God gives to us. And I've learned to be happy and just trust Him in the gap. He knows, but I don't. So I said to them, guys, don't worry about it, right? So we started looking for houses, right? We, we, couldn't, we couldn't find anything that we wanted, right? And we had decided along the way, I'm going to really sort of shorten this story that what we wanted to do was to actually buy some land and build. So we started looking at blocks and we're trying to buy, buy land or look at what we could build with, right? And, and nothing really was quite working out. And then a builder who we'd been speaking to called us up and said, hey, I know a new estate that's actually releasing a number of blocks that you could, that you could buy, right? I said, wow. So, so they've actually already sold out of stage four. Stage one sold out in 2018, 2019, right? He said, they're releasing four stage one blocks because they were allocated to the display village, but now they're going to release them to the public. So you guys could actually buy land and build, you know, almost immediately. I thought, wow, that sounds pretty good to me. I said, all right, because the blocks are flat. And if you've ever built, thank God. Okay, so, so we're looking at all at this, right? I said, well, how do we do this? So I called up the, the person that was selling the property, right? And they said, well, you need to register. And, and what happens is everybody that registers gets a link. And, and they'll send you this link. This link will go live at exactly 11 a.m. on a Saturday morning that happened three months ago. And so that link went live and hundreds of people had registered and, and the price for the land was set. There's no negotiating, right? But the way that this online auction worked is that it was the first in, best dress. Now I've told people, I don't even like buying jeans online just in case they don't fit, right? This is the most amount of money I've spent online ever, right? 
So what happens, right? We, we, you know, before we actually go to click on the link, what do I do? I gather my kids together. I said, guys, we're going to pray. God, this is what we want to do. Whether it happens or not, we trust you. You are our, our provider no matter what. You're always good in every season. This is what we want. Over to you, right? We just totally trust you. My kids are like, in Jesus' name, amen. We go on the, on, on, online, right? Long story short, we get the block. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Uh, amazing, right? So, so this is good, right? Yeah, yeah, but now we've got to sell our house, okay? So then we go to sell our house and, and we say, right, well, you know, we're not going to sell under this amount. We really need this amount, right? But we ended up selling it for, for this amount, you know? Oh, thank God that's great. But now that leads us to another problem because our house isn't built yet. Now we have to find a place to live. And I enter into the hellish experience of renting. I've not rented in 16 years. We have been homeowners, right? And this was absolutely, hands down, the worst experience that I have had for some time, right? I mean, we were just like, like offering rent six months in advance and overpaying what they were asking for to end up with something that really wasn't that great. And we could not get a place. We just weren't able to do it. It wasn't happening. It wasn't working out. We are booking removalists and we haven't even signed documents saying that we know where we're going next. And so all of this is happening. What am I saying throughout the whole thing, right? God's our provider. We're faithful. He's going to be faithful. He looks after us, right? Long story short, here's what happens. At the 11th hour, I've learned something about God. He has a clock or a watch. It's got one number on it, 11. He goes, oh, would you look at that? It's time to respond to that prayer. Oh, look at that. Yeah, oh, I'll get back to you now, right, at 11 o'clock, right? So it's the 11th hour. And what happens, right? We hear of these people that it hasn't gone to market yet. We get in touch with them. And what we need, we really need a place for about nine months, but we don't want to break a contract because it's going to cost us a fortune. So we go over, we meet these people. They say to us, hey, listen. They said, what we really want is someone that can rent our house for about nine months. We're like, okay, yep, that, that, that'll work. We can, we can do that, right? And they're like, but we know you guys are building, right? So, so if you need to rent it for like 10, 11, 12, 13, listen, guys, as long as our kids get to school at some point in 2023, right, you could just keep having the house. We could just live out of our caravan while you're living in our house, right? <laughs> Honestly, some of you are just like, yeah, cool, right? This is amazing. Like, like, if you've ever tried to rent, what I just told you is an act of God. There's no way. Like, this is a miracle, right? So we sign the papers, we get all of that, right? And you think, what? this is an amazing sequence of events. All of these things have unfolded. Yep, that's true. But for us, what did we do? Well, this year, we increased our seed in the miracle offering that we had in June this year. We increased our seed. We said, we're going to give more than we've ever given. What is my point? Well, that God responds to us. Do you see what I'm saying? So I'm generous towards God and His house, right? Because I, guys, we, we need a building, yeah? Yeah, yeah right, right. So, so I'm generous towards Him. But do you see the disproportionate response that comes back? See, see, see what, I, what I gave, right? Whatever it was, I, that was nothing compared to the blessing that I received in the immediate season after. I could not have saved as much as He gave back to us in the way that it all unfolded, the way that everything just seemed to work out. See, if you get this principle, if you understand this, I promise you this will change your life. Now, 
Should we go to the bank on it? Yep. You know why? Because Jesus said it. And if Jesus said it, we can trust it. It just makes sense. So, so let me ask you, and guys, just think about this. A very basic, a very simple question. This is, should be really easy. If you knew that what you were sowing was going to be multiplied, what would you do? Think about it. If you know, if you already know now that what you sow is going to be multiplied back to you, what would you, what would you do? You'd increase your seed. Yeah? Some of you guys haven't done maths for a little while. Right? You're like, yeah. yeah. Carry the two. Yeah. Yeah. Right? My beautiful wife, Sarah, you, you do teach specialist maths. Tell me this. What's one times ten? Ten. That's good. But what is ten times ten? A hundred. Well, what's a hundred times ten? Well, it's a thousand. Thank you for helping me out. Right? So you... If you understand how the thing works, do you see how you can make it work for you? Yeah. See, it could work for you or it could work against you. It depends on what kind of seeds that you're sowing. It's a neutral point. It could be positive. It could be negative. You could have a harvest of good things. You could have a harvest of negative things. But if you were smart, what would you do? You'd increase your seed and the right seed. Why? It's going to be multiplied. Yeah. It just makes sense. You know, seeds become testimonies and, and you start to share them with people. I think some of the greatest evangelistic stories that we have for people that don't know anything about God is when we tell them about how God interacted with us. So this week we were moving out of our house. We've got to skip out there. I'm taking two cubic tons of kids toys that are broken and that we've kept. I don't know why. We just hang on to it. And we threw it, throwing them all out. And our neighbours are coming out, sort of one by one. Oh, you know, good to see you. You know, what's, ha what's happening? How'd you go with the whole process? So you know what I did? One of my neighbours came out. I, I told him everything that I just told you. And you know what he said back to me? He goes, geez, it's almost like someone is looking out for you. <laughs> and I said to him, yes, well, you do know that what my job is. You do know I'm a pastor. There's a reason why I believe in God. He goes, yes, right. Do you see this? Because when we sow the right seeds, it produces testimonies in our lives that become great stories that we can share with other people where they say, man, the God that, we, that, that you serve at least, right? There is no shadow or variation. He just seems to want to do what? Pour out and overflow good things in your life. It makes sense. The principle of overflow is already at work in your life. It's already been happening whether you know it or not. It's already happening. So if in this current season you were experiencing some distance between you and God, because we haven't had church in person for, you know, consistently for a long time. If you've been experiencing some distance between you and God, it's hard to get back into the groove. God, where have you been this last 18 months, right? You know what he'd say? I've been the same place that I've always been. 
God, why am I going through this right now, right? Well, bad, you know, Christian culture might say something like, oh, there's some sin. No. If you're experiencing distance between you and God right now in this present season, it's got nothing to do with the sin that's been in your life. It's got everything to do with the seeds you've been sowing. You've been sowing the wrong seeds. That's why you can't feel His presence. You think the Holy Spirit is everywhere all at once. If you lack awareness of His presence, it's got nothing to do with the fact that He's avoiding you and everything to do with the fact that you've been avoiding Him. You know what I learned, which I've discovered just speaking to people and even my own spiritual journey, I actually grew, I felt so much closer to God in this experience, but but I realize that not everyone has that because you can't sow apathy and reap intimacy. You can't sow lemon trees or lemon seeds and reap apple trees. You get stuck with lemons. Why do I have this? I know. (laughs) It's not because you're some terrible person that God's avoiding right now. Jesus has already paid the penalty for your sin. It's got nothing to do with that. If you're going through that right now, Let's sit down, let's have a coffee. Let's have a chat, right? It's because somewhere in this past season, you've been sowing the wrong seeds. And now you're just reaping the harvest of the stuff that you don't really want. See, I told you, it's astonishing, isn't it? How obvious this principle is. And how so many people, despite it's so simple, how many people sow seeds and then wake up in their future and go, how this is not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. It happens. It's easy. So can I give you a couple tips? I'll just speak to Zach then because he's the only one that wants this information. If you want to experience some breakthrough for challenges in your life, how about this? Increase the measure of your praise. Yeah? Yeah? Increase the measure of your praise. I know it's counterintuitive, but when God sees the response, what happens to Him? His heart opens up. Son, I see what you're going through. I understand how difficult this whole season has been. I absolutely love that despite it's been tough, you keep coming back to me. See, this is the thing. On one side, we understand that if we sow the wrong seeds, we get the wrong harvest, right? But come on, the opposite is also true then, is it not? So if we really go after the things of God, what happens? Come on, what happens, right? He pours out into our life. We get overflow, but it's not the wrong overflow, it's the right overflow. If you want the overflow of the presence and the Spirit of God, start sowing into your prayer life. Come on, this isn't rocket science. If you want the right harvest, you've got to sow the right seeds. This, this is very, very easy. If you want financial breakthrough in your life, right? Increase the measure of your giving. And what happens? It comes, it, it comes multiplied back to you. And that's not prosperity doctrine. That is exactly what I've experienced. Why? Because I just looked at this with the faith of a child and said, well, Jesus said that. So I will trust Him. And there is a whole host of people that are saying, nah, I don't buy it. Fine. But you'll never experience it. So you can look at other people as they walk in overflow saying you wish you had it or you could just sow a seed for your future and start to experience it. You know what? If you want want breakthrough in the area of people getting saved, 
start increasing the measure of evangelism in your life. Because the Scriptures say that how will they hear unless someone preaches? Come on, when, when it comes to finances, what does the Scripture say? You can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He who sows sparingly will also... Come on, this is just the Bible being regurgitated and said straight back to you. And if it was my word and my revelation, that'd be one thing. But this is what Jesus says. This is what the Word of God teaches. So you can sow the right seeds or not. But let me tell you one thing. Whatever you need, God has enough supply of. He has enough. Gosh. His capacity is more than enough. Look at the Gospel. Look at the Gospel. What is the Gospel? The overflow of. It's the overflow of God's love. For God so loved the world so loved it just so loved it that he gave his only begotten son and whoever believes in him will not perish but they will have eternal life you know theologians say that the gospel is overkill don't diminish the significance of the savior's Sacrifice. This is how powerful it is. Theologians say the gospel is more than enough for everything the world needs. It's excess. It's overkill. It's like striking a match and pouring all the water of the world onto that match to put it out. Oh, it's more than enough. There is so much grace in the gospel. It's more than what we need. It's more than you can mess up. It's, it's, you look at it, it's, it's overkill. It's more than enough. And I realize that sometimes what happens is we sow seeds and guess what? We don't immediately get that harvest because, you know, sometimes we can be a bit of a microwave generation. I just want to put it in, instant start, spits it out straight away. God doesn't sell microwaves. He sells crockpots. Sometimes it's slow. Okay, so when I talk about increasing your seed, whatever it is that you're sowing, praise, whatever I'm not talking about increasing it for a minute. I'm not talking about increasing it for a moment and not even for a month. Just live like this. Well, how long do I have to wait before the good stuff is multiplied back to me? I have no idea. That's your life. You know, I have no idea. I don't know everything that God's going to do in your life, but I know that Galatians 6, 9 says something that we need to get etched into our minds. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season... We will reap if we do not give up. What overflow are you experiencing in your life? What's the overflow that's happening in your life right now? Is it an overflow of lack? Come on, what's pouring out of you right now? Is what's pouring out of heaven pouring out of you or is it something else? Have you been sowing different seeds? Is where everything that's coming out of your mouth in the season, government, Dan, Ah. Ah. Maybe we have to get off that little blue app and start getting connected to a father who's in heaven, experiencing some of the the presence of God. I tell you what, it totally changed your countenance. It totally changed, you know, the way that you wake up in the morning. You know, when you're pressed and, 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 and things are tough, is it praise that pours out of you? 
when things are hard? Is it grace that pours out of you? Is it forgiveness that pours out of you? Is it the love and the mercy of God? Is it the presence and power of the Spirit of God that pours out of you? Or is it all the other stuff? Here's a better question than what's coming out of your life right now. Why? Because everything I've told you today is a principle. So what can it be? It can be experienced. It can be repeated. It can be practiced. So let's ask a better question this morning. What do you want to see in the season ahead? What do you want to be the overflow in your life? And if you're smart and you get what I'm saying, today you'll say, I'm gonna start sowing seeds. I'm gonna start sowing the right seeds. What does that mean? It means time with God. If you want intimacy with Him, it means praise. If you want breakthrough, maybe increase. Look, you do this on your own. You, you go to God about it. Increase your financial seed if you want to see financial breakthrough. I don't know, that's what I did. It, it worked for me. You see if it works for you. Don't just sometimes just want to look at the principles in Scripture and say, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to do it. Faith like a child. I believe it. He said it. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to see what happens. And the whole way along, What do you say? You're my provider. Everything's good. It's okay. No worries. Whatever you want, either way, I'm going to be like this. What do you want to see coming out of your life? Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray that in the season that's ahead, 2022, I want to pray that what we see is a spiritual awakening. For people whose spiritual lives have gone flat, they've sort of flatlined, you know, right? But we serve a God of resurrection. He's able to resurrect anything. So what I am praying and believing for is spiritual revival. Spiritual revival. All the things that I'm talking about, and He can revive anything. He can revive your, your health. He can revive your finances. He can revive and redeem your situation. Come on, let's pray for the next season. Let's begin to speak over it right now in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank You so much that You're for us. You're never against us, that You love us so much. And so Father, I pray that for every person who's in here today and those who are watching online, Lord, that we start to see a spiritual revival taking place. Lord, help us to understand that if we sow the right seeds, that we can receive a harvest of good things, spiritual things. There are spiritual sequences that are just fixed in Scripture. And so, Father, I pray that every person in here would grow closer to You, that they'd love You, that when they're pressed, praise comes out. And I pray for breakthrough in so many areas. Lord, give them breakthrough in their finances. Give them breakthrough in their health. Give them breakthrough in their just their demeanour. In Jesus' Name, we speak to all of the negative stuff. It's not from You, but maybe it's from some seeds, but it's not from You because You are the God who's always good. There is no shadow. There's no variation. We, go, we know that all good things, they come from above. And so, Father, we see who You are. I pray, God, that we would act on what You say so that we can receive everything that You wanna have overflow in our lives. And I pray, Lord, all of these areas are important, but I pray, let there be an overflow of Your Spirit. Just flowing out of us. It's like Your words, they're just flowing out of us. Your character, it's just flowing out of us. When we pray for people, Your power is just flowing out of us. We're not going to get around this principle. We need to be have that intimate moment with you before we can go and see things happen in our life. So Lord, let us sow the right seeds in Jesus' name. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.